Welcome to Prime Video's culture-rated collection. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we don't jump through hoops just to hear our voice and can fall in love with illuminating documentaries like Giannis' The Marvelous Journey. I'm just a hard worker that's trying to survive. Enjoy the animated series, The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy. All doctors report immediately. Where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Welcome home, baby! Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. I want my music to unify people. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop. This is the cleanest police car I've ever been in in my life. And BMF. You're about to take over the whole nation. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Welcome to On Boys Parenting Podcast, the podcast that explores and explains boy behavior. We are your co-hosts, Jennifer L.W. Fink of buildingboys.net and Janet Allison, founder of boysalive.com. Janet here from Boys Alive. Are you like many parents who long to have deep, meaningful conversations with your son? Instead, you're met with one-word answers or no answers at all, I have created the Boy Talk Blueprint to be your step-by-step guide to creating the atmosphere and choosing the words to have those boy-friendly conversations. You don't have to dread that next silent car ride or stop walking around on eggshells. You must be the safe harbor for your son. And when you learn the three essential elements that you need to create the atmosphere that allows these conversations to happen, you'll soon find that you're having the short, easy conversations, and you're also having those tough ones too. It's the Boy Talk Blueprint. Go to boysalive.com, click on the yellow banner, and you'll soon be on your way to having boy-friendly conversations with your son. That's the Boy Talk Blueprint. Find it at boysalive.com and click on the yellow banner. And now on boys. It's one thing to intellectually understand ADHD neurodiversity and learning differences. It is a whole nother thing to parent and live with a child who doesn't fit the stereotypical mold. And that is what we are going to talk about today. You know that we frequently have experts here on On Boys helping us understand conditions, giving us tools. But today we are going to talk to True on the ground, in the trenches, expert. And I did put quotes around that because (laughs) the truth is we are all making this up as we go along. Right now we have with us Rachel Blatt. She co-hosts the podcast Constant Chaos with her friend Christy Kate. Constant Chaos is all about parenting and living with spirited kids with special needs. Welcome Rachel. So good to be here. It's fun to be on a on a podcast that's not my own. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 
All right. Tell us about your specific brand of chaos. What is your family like? So I have two boys, um, eight and 12. And I guess when my, my second one, and when he was about three weeks old, he started crying and it really never stopped. We, we thought it was um, colic and it kind of, that's what everybody says. It's colic. He's going to grow out of it. We went to all these gastrointestinologists and all these doctors trying to figure it out. And then he wasn't talking by the time he was two. And a wonderful teacher said to me, you know, you may want to get him evaluated. And we went to an early intervention, a local one. And they said, yeah, it's something's going on here. And it was like this huge relief of like, I'm not crazy. And that kind of put us on the path with him that we knew something was different. His behavior, he just had extreme behaviors. And by the time he was four, a doctor looked at him and said, it's ADHD, it's pretty clear, which Mm -hmm. is a very early diagnosis. And Mm -hmm. they said to me, you're gonna wanna medicate. So Mm -hmm. we were on a path with him. We had doctors and therapists and we were on it and it was still very, very difficult. Meanwhile, we had our older child who's four years older and he completely different. And there was one day I was reading a book about ADHD, about my younger son, for my younger son. And I'm reading this 10 signs of ADHD. And I'm like, huh, wow, this kind of sounds, this looks like my older son who just doesn't have a lot of focus, misses social cues, things like that. Showed it to my husband. He looked at my son, my older son and said, I think this is him too. Mm. And that got us on the path for him who was diagnosed when he was about nine. We have one who's extreme behavior, who's just loud and takes up all the space in the room. And the other one who lacks focus and can just, um, you know, he's very inattentive. So it makes for fun times in our house where we're chasing (laughs) them around, trying to get them out the door, trying to create structure to support them um, when they're trying to push all of those boundaries. Well, let me ask you a question. As you were looking at the checklist, you know, when you were learning about uh, your kid and it starts with, you know, your one son who has the more uh, stereotypical ADHD behaviors, right? Like big, noticeable things. Mm-hmm. And then you you saw your second son, you're like, oh yeah, he's got some of these symptoms. Did either you or your husband recognize yourselves in there at all? Um, that took a while. Oh, that, that did come up, didn't it? Yeah, I would say um, it wasn't until the pandemic that I mean, I kind of was like, for me, you know, in the therapy with my with one of my, with my kids, we would do this therapy with the, um, a behavioral therapist. I was with her, and I think one time I asked her, I'm like, do you think I might have ADHD? Because mm-hmm. especially with my older son, I recognized a lot of the things. Um, like one of the things is, you might think your child is lazy mm-hmm. because they just they feel overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. And I remembered a time when I was little and my dad called me lazy and it really got me. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm saying that to my own son or feeling that. And maybe there is something more to like things in my life where I like, I've been unable to create structure for myself and like Mm. been all over the map or felt like my brain was firing at all times. I'm like, maybe that's ADHD. Maybe that explains a lot of things that I've gone through. And during the pandemic, I kind of magnified that. And um, I finally went to a a doctor and got a diagnosis. The pandemic took away all of our external structure. Yeah. 
So yeah, I, I did see it myself, but it took a while. Uh-huh. And I guess that's what I've learned is that with women and girls, you know, with girls, young girls, they're often not diagnosed because they can get by. Like I did fine in school. I got by. Mm-hmm. I did, you know, I wasn't exceptional. But when push came to shove, like I could, I focused and I did really well. But I didn't do as well as my intelligence. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to just acknowledge your partner in your podcast who is in her own chaotic morning. So yes. she hopefully will be joining us and maybe not. And I love what you said before we turn on, turned on recording about how she has been this way shower for you because her kids are a little bit older because, yes. you know, she, and I love what you said about how she can tell you worry about this. Don't worry about this. She is, she's like, I, I think of her as a big sister to me, even though she's about the same age, her boys uh, um, are a little bit older. So I think they're teenagers now. And she's always telling me, oh, this is, don't worry about this, Rachel. This is not something you need to worry about. Or this definitely pay attention to get them off the screens. Now teach them this, teach them that. And it's been so helpful for me. And half the time, and most of the time we're laughing when we're having these conversations sure. <laughs> because we've got a million things going on in the background and some, can I, can I say bad words? Yes, you may. <laughs> <laughs> Our houses are total shit shows. <laughs> I was listening to, uh, I think it was your first podcast episode yesterday in, in preparation for this. And you were talking about, you know, uh, discovering one of your kids on the roof and with the oh, lawn. And just totally chilling in this combination of like freaking out and yet, gee, that's awfully creative. And I could relate to that kind of chaos. Yes, that is the kind of chaos that happens in so many of our lives. And guess what? The parenting books, when you flip through, there's not like a category for child on roof, child on roof. Like, (laughs) what do I do with this information? And when they're on the roof, you're supposed to stay calm. (laughs) I've gone to like, positive parenting classes and all these books, like stay calm. A child regulates by looking at you and they model off of you. And when they're on the roof and they're laughing and jumping around, it's really, really hard to stay calm. (laughs) I love that truth right there. Yes. Let's talk about that. I think we are guilty of it sometimes too on this show. It is easy to say the things that you should do. It's easy to say the things that will be helpful. You have listened to a lot of the experts. You have interviewed the experts. You've read the parenting books. Exactly. So so let's talk about some of the expert advice and great parenting strategies that did not work for you. And then, you know, what you kind of had to figure out to do to survive in your life. Still trying, still trying. (laughs) Day by day. (laughs) Well, the the first thing that my husband and I did way back when we, I think when my younger son was two, our friends told us about this class, positive parenting. She's, they're like, oh, you have to go. And we go in there, it's in the back of a church, bunch of other families. And we thought, well, our son hadn't been diagnosed yet. So we're like, we're not like these other people. This is (laughs) Janet and I are both like making faces and laughing because of course that's how it goes for all of us. We're not like these people. My kid is not like that kid over there. Right. I'm like, we don't have the kind of problems. My kids are going to be fine. 
And at this time, our older son hadn't been diagnosed. So in our younger son, well, he hadn't been diagnosed. He just had these huge behaviors, but he was too, like he was going to grow out of it. He was going to talk more and he was going to be fine. And we learned these techniques of like using different tones of voice. So you kind of use a sing-song voice um, and positive, you always say positive words. So you don't say, don't stand on the chair. You say, chairs are made for sitting. <laughs> Our listeners are out there going, this all sounds familiar. Yeah. Or like um, when my kid, one of my, my kids are fighting and one's jumping on the other one's bike out of anger, whatever is going on. Bikes are made for riding. <laughs> Instead of saying, don't jump on the freaking bike, <laughs> which is what I really want to say. <laughs> yes. But when they're on the, when they've climbed up on the roof, I don't know what the positive opposite is. I don't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> Roofs are made for keeping off rain. No, that doesn't seem right. <laughs> but then you come up with, then there's a lot of things of, that were kind of helpful that we still use of like, sometimes you have this tension with your kids where you're like fighting them to like eat their vegetables or whatever it is. And you're fighting, you're just, you're, it's like it's a game of tug of war, right? And we taught like, drop the rope, just drop it, let it go. I love that. And the tension's gone. Mm -hmm. There are still times that my husband and I, like we are losing it. One of us is going through something with one of our kids. And we are, we're saying to each other in this clenched voice, like, drop the rope, <laughs> drop the rope. And we're so in it. But you sometimes as a parent, you just need to drop the rope. Nice. But the tricky part is figuring out when. Is this a rope that I can safely drop and my child will turn out to be a decent human being? Or is this a rope where it's really worth hanging taut because this is going to be the critical thing in my child's development? Janet, I know your clients are wrestling with those questions all oh the time. My gosh. Well, and that makes me want to have you, Rachel, circle back to what did Christy tell you to worry about and not to worry about? Like, what can our listeners let go of? Where can our listeners drop the rope? Um, well, I was some of the, when I talk about drop the rope, it's like it's more like little things. We get on our kids a lot of like, hang up your towel after bathing. <laughs> Just silly things. Like every if, if you if you hear me laughing, it's because I have totally given up, totally dropped that rope. And more often than not, when you go in my upstairs bathroom, there will be more towels on the floor than hung up. Right. So, but bigger things. Going back to what you're saying, Janet, is my older son. I would say has a real. He can really get sucked into video games, and that's a very ADHD thing. Like mm -hmm. all, all a lot of kids like video games, but ADHD is a higher risk for an addiction. Mm -hmm. And they can't help it, especially in online school. It's right there. It's like candy right there to get on the YouTube or get on Roblox or get on Fortnite oh. or whatever their thing may be. And one of the things she said is you got to battle that now. Figure out what you're doing now versus when they're in high school, when it's a lot harder. They're a lot bigger. They're a lot more independent. They're pushing their boundaries more than they are when they're 11 or 12. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we're really trying in our house right now to figure out that addiction, to figure out how we can manage it. So right now it's a really, it's still a big social thing for him. So he wants it. Right. At the same time, he can't help, he can't get off of it. He can't, you mm -hmm. know, he can't control that moving towards it when he should be in school. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, this underscores the fact that uh, the rope or whatever you want to call it 
all of our things are unique and different. So one of the big things that I let go of years ago in my parenting, and, and my kids are significantly older than yours, Rachel. My youngest is now 15. My oldest is 23, right? Mm-hmm. So one of the things I dropped a long time ago was fighting about screen time. But my caveat here is my kids are not your kids. You know, none of my kids have has ADHD and really had that uh, proclivity to be really, really, really drawn in and have such a hard time getting out. I mean, all kids to a certain extent, but there's, there's differences. And so even in terms of like which battles to fight, parents, it's going to depend. It depends on your kid. It depends on your family. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because it, it's, it depends on the kid because one of my kids can be super addicted and spend 10 hours a day and not, and like, literally I see his like body melting into the chair. He's just, he can't get up. And because it's so fun for him, he can get in that world and it really triggers his brain versus my other one. I'm not as worried because his he can be active all day long. Like that's his body needs to move and be. And if he gets on the screen, he he's going to get himself off. Mm, Because he needs that. That's so interesting because ADHD can show itself in such different ways. Mm -hmm. That's where I hope our listeners realize, you know, we we bring you a lot of different voices here on the podcast. We have, you know, my own, we have Janet's, we have the various experts we bring on. None of these are the right way for your particular kid. We bring you all this information and you have to pick and choose, experiment, Mm -hmm discard what is not working for you. And I don't care if I was the one who told you or Janet or somebody with a PhD behind their name, if it doesn't work for your family, it doesn't work. Exactly. I do want to, you said earlier, Jen, many of the families that I'm working with are, I do have boys who do have ADHD, who are addicted to screens. And actually I saw this in your building boys Facebook group this morning, Jen, of a mom asking, and I thought, oh, this is perfect to ask you because I think a lot of our listeners are up against many of these common themes. And so this mama wrote about um, her son's 14 with ADHD. He won't listen to anything. And she, she said that he suffered trauma, but then there were other people commenting like, my kid is exactly like that and doesn't have any drama. So, um, but here's some some themes of situations that parents are up against. He won't go to sleep at night. He will only game. He, you know, resists going to school. He is verbally abusive, makes threats when angry, seems in constant flight mode, won't go outside, um, won't do anything for himself, won't help around the house, and his temper goes from zero to 60 in a microsecond. And I hear this over and over again, and parents are walking on eggshells, like prevent the, you know, do take him the glass of water that he's screaming for, Mm -hmm. because you just want it to calm down and stop. And yet that feeds his calling for the water again. And so it's this cycle at age 14. And I know from the parents that I work with, they're just, they're not seeing an end here. They're not seeing a peaceful home or, you know, one mama just wants to have her son come to the dinner table once a week. So <laughs> I'm like, Janet, if you expect Rachel to come up with like, a, well, here's what you do. Like, 
well, my kids I think- haven't gotten, we have, I can say we have some challenges younger, like getting yes. there, but like, yeah. um, I'm just, I'm listening to this going, oh, okay, oh. keep putting the limits on, keep putting the limits on, do the best because yeah. it's that, I mean, these are the fears that drive me is that that is, um, my kids are going to be like that when they're bigger. Cause mm-hmm. you know, Jennifer, you have bigger boys. And I, I know my kids are going to get bigger and that, you know, knowing from Christy, bigger kids, bigger problems. Yep. Yeah. I remember, um, I was with in a therapist's office once and, um, he, um, you know, we went back and forth of talking to him. My son was talking to him. I was talking to him. And in that 20 minutes while I was talking to him, um, I gave my son my phone because that gave him something to do. He was six at the time. And when it was time for us to go back in there, I take my phone back. And I just took my phone. I just grabbed it out of his hands. And the therapist reprimanded me. He's like, you know, he's going to get bigger one day. You need to be able to negotiate this with him. Mm-hmm. Like these are, these are like, it's never too young to like start the, make sure mm-hmm. that you're working with them on the, that these, these behaviors. This episode is sponsored by, by heart. Babies need to eat. And whether you breastfeed or bottle feed, use formula, combine all of the above, you need options. We wanted to let you know about Byheart Baby Formula. Byheart has a patented protein blend that gets the closest to breast milk. It includes two of the most abundant proteins in breast milk. And Byheart actually ran a clinical trial comparing their formula to a leading infant formula and proved that babies on Byheart have softer poops, less spit up, and easier digestion. Byheart is also the only U.S.-made infant formula to use organic, grass-fed whole milk. So if you need baby formula for your baby, consider Byheart. New customers can get 10% off your first order by using code ONBOYS at byheart.com. That's B Y. H E A R T dot com slash podcast, and it is 10% off your first order. Byheart.com slash podcast. This is a limited time offer, and additional terms and conditions may apply. We all know that vitamins can help fill nutritional gaps in our diet, but a lot of us don't like to take vitamins because we don't like swallowing pills. How do you feel about that, Janet? There's some days that I look at my vitamins and go, yeah, I should take those. I'll do it later. But I'll tell you what's changed. I have gotten easy melt vitamins. I have the D3 and I have the B12s and a multivitamin. And I just pop them in my mouth and they dissolve. And I don't have to think about swallowing a vitamin. And you don't necessarily need water either to have on hand to get this big vitamin now. Yeah, no, and they taste good. And they're sugar-free. They melt quickly. The reason they melt is because of plants, not chemicals. Ah, plant-based nutrition. For a limited time only, you can receive a free, free three-month supply of Easy Melt Vitamin D3 with your first purchase. To claim your free D3, visit try.easymelts.com slash onboys. That's try, T-R-Y dot easymelts, E-Z-M-E-L-T-S 
dot com forward slash on boys. So I'm curious about your home and what you have found that is that maybe or maybe not consistently works over time. But how do you what do you do so that you can all function and, you know, get the schoolwork done and and uh, maybe the boys help around the house? What what are some strategies that you've landed on that are helpful? Um, Helping around the house. We're still working on that. Mm-hmm. We're really still working on that. Um, I think everything with the pan- since the pandemic, everything's kind of gone out the window. Um, in terms of strategies, I think it depends on the child. Um, mm-hmm. For our older son, it's uh, we just we have a contract now for his for his computer use and um, he and for screen time, and mm-hmm. we're working on that. It's it's a work in progress. Mm-hmm. For our younger son, it's we have had to like kind of drop the rope of our expectations, like. We don't push him so much academically. He's a really smart kid. I know he's going to be okay. He likes to be out and active. He likes to be with his friends. And during the pandemic for us, it's been being okay with him being with friends outside unmasked. Sometimes we've Mm -hmm. had to let go of our fear a little bit with our, when the numbers have gone down, we've been okay okay with that because the battles were too, too hard to fight. And the big picture of knowing like what your son needs in all of this, that was the decision that was right for you and your son. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we try to, we have a pretty good structure in our house. They know what's going to happen. They, they know like, you know, we're pretty regimented when they get up, when they eat breakfast, when they do everything. So structure is very key for ADHD. So they know what to expect of when Mm -hmm. they're going to happen. It takes a while to get to that point, right? I I imagine that there were lots of tears along the way, yours, theirs, (laughs) you know, the structure that you have, it wasn't like you took a class or you read a book and one day you're like, okay, here it goes. And everything went smoothly from there. Well, one of the, one of the challenges for me specifically is that when you have ADHD, you're not good at creating structure. So Mm -hmm. this is, a battle for me all the time to like, I always want the new shiny object. I'm like, to stick with the same routine day in, day out is really hard. So when we're, we've tried a zillion reward structures, but you have to be consistent. You have to like really be on it. And I can do it for a day or two. And I'm like, what was I supposed to do? Were you supposed <laughs> to get a like, sticker for what? When are we, what's the reward? Are we going to get ice cream? I can't remember. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So I kind of, I've had to like dial it back and I don't necessarily do the reward structure so much anymore. We have a calendar that I do every week of like, what's for dinner? Like what's everyone's schedule for the week? And they can look at that. And I put that up there. So they've learned to look at that every week. Okay. Oh, dinner's this. They may not want to eat it, but they can see that. So we just, we dial it back to what works for all of us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like that you pointed that out because Sometimes we parents, and I think moms especially agree with me, maybe or or not, Janet, you know, we, this is what our kid needs. So this is what I will do without necessarily considering our own capability Mm -hmm. and our own needs. So, you know, if that rewards program didn't work for you, it's not going to work for your family. Exactly. Yeah. The best therapist that we've had recognized my ADHD in terms of parenting my kids. Mm. 
you know, I had one therapist who gave us a sheet of here's what you're supposed to do. Like, here are the ways to handle these behaviors. And I'm like, uh, I feel oh, like a failure because I can't do it. Mm-hmm. Versus the other doctor's like, yeah, this approach I'm going to give you. Yeah, that's, that, that's not going to work. Let's talk about you and how this can work with your family. And, you know, I would say to any listeners of yours that have kids with ADHD, make sure that the doctor you're working with, like really gets you and is like looking at the whole family. Wow. That's gold. That's, that is really gold because whether you have ADHD or you don't, or your parenting partner does whatever your stuff is, and we all have it. We've talked yep. about that before. <laughs> it affects what you can and can't do on mm-hmm. any given day. And especially, you know, going forward, parenting long-term, you alluded before that, you know, this is a work in progress. And I think that is such an important point to stress as well. There aren't any easy answers or quick fixes for any of this in terms of getting your kids up and ready and out the door for whatever it is, doctor's appointment, childcare, school. It takes a while to get to that point. Mm-hmm. Coming up with some kind of a structure or routine that works for school or homework takes a while. Uh, getting kids to contribute at home chores. You said you're still working on it. So am I. And my youngest <laughs> is 15. (laughs) So in all of that, Rachel, how do you take care of yourself? We talk about self-care so much of the time and how, what do you do for yourself? How do you keep yourself sane on those, on those days when your son's up on the roof, dancing around and sitting in a lawn chair? That's a good question. So there's, I mean, I do, I do do a lot of walking and I take care of myself and working out, but I feel like that's part of just you know, just life and general health. And I've realized that to me is not self-care. This has been a work in progress for me too, of understanding where I get my own time and what I need. Um, And right now that's just, I stay up a little bit later than everyone in the house. And Mm -hmm. before I go to bed, I have my routine of reading, stretching and drinking a glass of hot water right before I go to sleep. And like, that is like my quiet time. And I kind of recharge and no one's around me and no one's asking anything of me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of, I guess in the past year and a half with the pandemic to be alone, that's been what I've had to do. Just to find that thing that is that magic place for yourself, no matter what it is, but really being consistent about it. You and mentioned I- that time alone. Mm-hmm. I just need to say, uh, Janet, I haven't even told you this yet. I had my first night alone in, I don't know. A year? The pandemic? I have no idea. I had my first night alone last night. Whoa. Kids are with their dad. My husband is gone for a couple of days. I did not realize. I knew that I've been stressed over the last few weeks. I knew that. That was readily apparent to anybody (laughs) who's been around me. (laughs) I did not know how much I needed that time alone. I know I'm an introvert. I know I need alone time, but you know, I get little, I think I get little bits of it here and there wasn't enough for this introvert. Mm, I mm. needed a night to myself. And I know that's a whole lot easier to say than to make happen when you're responsible for parenting, you know, in the middle of a pandemic, but Oh, if you can take even a couple hours for yourself sometime listeners, when you're at the end of your rope, I highly recommend it. Definitely. I, I, I honestly like between having my staying up too late to take my time alone and going yeah. for long walks, it saves me. It just mm-hmm. allows me to breathe deeply, to look at things in perspective 
find solutions and also come up with things that are completely not about my children. Like that's mm. been big for me is to find things that are not about them. Such mm. as? Well, before the pandemic, <laughs> um, I used to play a lot of tennis, which is where I met Christy. And I loved it because you can slam the ball around and just be good at something and have fun with a group of women that may or may not know your kids and have conversations and talk about things. And I loved doing that. Um, right now I am training for a big hike and that has nothing to do with my kids. So. Nice. Yay. Yay. Yeah. That's awesome. I don't know if you noticed, uh, Rachel and listeners, you couldn't see it, but Janet like has this knowing smile on her face when you're talking about tennis. Cause Janet's thing is pickleball. Oh, yeah, I've heard about that. I haven't tried it. <laughs> oh, you've got to, you absolutely must. And families out there, it is a great family because every level can play. You don't need a lot of skill, which is why I love it so much. But, um, <laughs> and it makes you laugh and you're doing something together as a family. So, so YouTube pickleball and find a pickleball court near you. That will okay. be my pickleball plug <laughs> for the day. Um, oh. As we wind up, Rachel, I, I wonder, and this might be, you know, trying to, to ask too much here, but what, what would be like the three top things you would tell our listeners who are in the, in the scramble in this mix of, um, especially kids with ADHD, but you know, just the general chaos of life with boys and all the things. I would say one is find your team find your people. So my best friends, the people that get me and the people I can call screaming or just like with a frustration of a chaotic morning are my, most of my friends have kids like mine because mm -hmm. they don't judge my kids. Like I can go to their house and my kid can do some crazy, crazy stuff. And I know they accept my kid. They accept me. I don't have to feel bad. So finding your team, giving yourself a lot of grace that this is not easy. The books, the parenting books, there's a zillion of them. There's a zillion podcasts. And a lot of the people that have written them and are talking don't live your day to day. So there are a number of them haven't actually raised children. Right. So <laughs> That's the part that blows my mind. Like <laughs> my favorite parenting book. I still, I love Ross Green. Mm -hmm. I love the explosive child, the plan A, plan B, plan C, but there's only like two sentences in the whole book of like, yeah, it's hard. Like, yeah, it's hard, but you don't speak to the experience of the parent. So just give yourself grace, take them for what they are. Third thing, just honor your relationship with your, your, your spouse. Mm -hmm. if, if you're in a, if you're married and you have a spouse, this is really, really hard. And one of the things Christy said to me once, is like, your, your marriage is going to be tested. It's easier if you have two than one on this one, um, try to stay on the same page. And know that they're going through a lot too. This isn't easy for them. Um, so in my case, like I'm the primary caregiver. So sometimes I get, it's harder. You know, I think I'm carrying more, but he's also doing a ton of work and I try to honor that. There's so much we can talk about, but I want to point people towards your podcast because this is where you dive into it all the time. So tell listeners about your podcast, uh, you know, when episodes drop, how to get more information about you. Sure. So we, our podcast is constant chaos. It is about parenting kids with ADHD and other um, behavior issues. 
we wanted a podcast with parents talking about these issues. We've interviewed some amazing experts from talking about IEPs to medication. We interviewed the, um, the ADHD dude. Um, we interviewed Renee Brooks of Black Girl Lost Keys. Um, she's an amazing woman. We drop episodes about once a month and you can find us on iTunes or all the other um, um, platforms out there. And our website is constantchaospodcast.com. I know people are going to remember the name because, <laughs> you know, you look around your life and you're like, it's constant chaos here. Wait, wasn't there a podcast by that name? <laughs> that, that It's all Christy. That was her. <laughs> Bring it home, Janet. All right. Well, Rachel, thank you so much. And I think it's, I don't know, it's just very telling that we, that Christy's not joining us today because she's off in her, in her constant chaos. And, and that is what I love about the ability to connect via podcast because life is real and things happen. Just want to acknowledge Christy's presence out there in the world beside us. And thank you so much for sharing the inside, sharing what's real, sharing what's not in the parenting books and that you can still be connected to your kids and have a fun and loving family and navigate these unique beings that are your children. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for having me. This is so fun. <laughs> As the dog barks. At the I end. know. I love it. I love it. Like, wrap it good. up already. <laughs> <laughs> Take me for a walk. Thank you so much. Well, there's a little slice of real life. Dogs barking, co-hosts not available. This is the real stuff. This is the constant chaos. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you love On Boys, will you tell a friend? We want to get our message out further and further around the globe. And don't forget the Boy Talk Blueprint. I have moms telling me all the time about the desire to have deep and meaningful conversations with their sons. It takes time to get there and it takes knowledge to get there. And the Boy Talk Blueprint gives you the step-by-step guide to ensure that those conversations will happen eventually. Go to boysalive.com, click on the yellow banner, and you'll find all the information you need for this step-by-step do-it-yourself package, the Boy Talk Blueprint. Thank you, dear listeners, on behalf of Jen and I. We appreciate you, and we hope you've enjoyed this little glimpse of constant chaos. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details.